This is Dr. Kathy Williams, and I am doing my own version of an audiobook by sharing one of my latest releases titled Boogers and Poots and Other Lessons in Humility that was released in early 2019. There are only six chapters to this book, so you should be able to enjoy listening to this as you drive or sit in your lawn chair, or whatever you may be doing. Chapter 1. A few years ago, I was playing online Scrabble with my oldest brother, Jim. I spelled the word poot, and he challenged my word. I insisted that it is a word. Jim insisted that it is not. In exasperation, I finally said, ask any kid in the hood what they did when they passed gas, and they will tell you that they pooed it. Jim was right, and I forfeited my turn. God has countless ways of providing us with lessons in humility. Most of us can say that we had to be humbled more than once in order to learn the lesson attached to the situation. Who of us can say that we've never had something in or on or close to our nose just when we were trying to be dignified or at least civilized? Hopefully someone nearby was gracious enough to either hand a tissue to you or whisper in your ear, you have something on your nose. We all know that means a booger. We would like to call it by a more honorable name, but it is what it is, you know? Once we hear the definition of dry nasal mucus, huh, the term booger almost seems like a more tasteful, well, not literally tasteful, term. Who of us can say that we have never passed gas when we didn't mean to and certainly when we didn't want to? It doesn't matter if it was a squeaker or silent or a kaboom. There is nothing about passing gas that is not embarrassing, to say the least. Perhaps God put some of our bodily functions in place, not so much for the mechanics of our anatomy, but for keeping us humble. Go ahead and admit that at some point in your life, boogers and poots were a humbling factor. The word humble, humbles, or humbled is in the scripture less than 60 times, and humility is referenced only seven times. It might seem that minimal mention equates to minimal value in our spiritual journey. However, that is undoubtedly not the case. If we contain our search to the King James Version, we can add seven more mentions of humbleth. Most of us know someone that we think of as a humble person. List three words or phrases that you associate with a humble individual. Some of my thoughts include a person who does good for others but does not need or want the credit. I, I think of a humble person as low-key, perhaps even anonymous. Some synonyms for humble include modest, unassuming, and meek. We might propose that humility is the antithesis of narcissism, but what we cannot suggest is that humility is an absence of power. Research shows the opposite to be true, as humble leaders prioritize their organization. 
One writer said the hallmark of a humble leader is his willingness to admit his mistakes and limitations. Driven to improve, the humble leader doesn't believe success is inevitable. Therefore, he constantly tests his progress. He revises and updates plans in light of new situations and information. Acknowledging that he or she doesn't have all the answers, he solicits feedback. He encourages subordinates to take initiative. He prefers to celebrate others' accomplishments over his own. Humility offers flexibility to power, which makes for a pro-social leader. On a humility scale, with one being low and ten being high, what score could you give to yourself for humility? If you have a score of six or less, what three behaviors are you willing to address to increase your humility or at least begin moving that direction? Well, perhaps a big old booger or an explosive poot in a quiet setting would be enough to nudge you toward the mirror. Self-reflection is always in order and always comes with benefits. Being able to laugh at oneself is another key to breaking down any self-imposed facades and finding the authentic leader hiding within. Laughter allows us to admit that we are only human. Boogers and poops certainly provide that evidence. If you can laugh at yourself, you can forgive yourself. In the bigger picture, we can connect self-forgiveness to the ability to forgive others. Hmm. List three situations that used to trigger embarrassment that you can now tell as a funny story. In fairness to the reader or the listener, I'm going to tell one of my own stories that transformed from embarrassment to laughter. I was seriously ill one time and could do little about the housework that was piling up. My oldest daughter, who was, I think, under 10 at that time, tried to help me by doing laundry but she splashed bleach on my brand new pair of jeans, resulting in white spots throughout my pants. I refused to admit defeat, and I bought some blue dye. A couple of weeks later, while at the grocery store with my children, I noticed a man that seemed to follow us from aisle to aisle. One of my sons walked up beside me and whispered, Mom, I need to tell you something. He proceeded to tell me that the seat of my pants was ripped wide open. The bleach had weakened the threads in the fabric. I stood in the store frozen for a moment, but I had four children with me. The grocery cart was full. I did not want to make a return trip. Hmm. I tied my jacket around my waist as if that was exactly what I wanted to do. Went to the register, checked out, and got out of there. Who knows what that man thought about this woman with no seat in her pants? H-U-M-B-L. E.D. Humbled. I'll be back soon with chapter two, titled The Proving of Humility. Remember that there are only six chapters total, so that shouldn't take us long. Please enjoy listening to this podcast, and we will get together again very soon.